The following message was given to the North Young Adult Group at Bethlehem Baptist Church in Moundsview, Minnesota. More information can be found online at Bethlehem.Church slash Young Adults. A shepherd and a king once sat down and wrote the following. Make a joyful noise to Yahweh, all the earth. Serve Yahweh with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, Yahweh, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for Yahweh is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. When you sit down to write, what comes out? What's the, what does your heart say? Um, we're talking about worship. I think my notes got messed up during the game. I think there was uh, blowing candles. <laughs> the Bible is c- clearer on this topic than most. Uh, the reason you exist, the essence of your existence, is to glorify God, to make much of Him, to delight in Him, to treasure Him, to prize Him, to be satisfied with God. I mean, it's through the entire Bible is is filled with this. In Genesis, God creates man in his own image to image him forth on earth to be his representative. I used to do this with youth. It's like he took a selfie and put it on earth. It's a very dim selfie, but there it is, displaying the glory of God. You get to the Torah, the first few books of the Bible, and you have all the stipulations for worship. This is what must happen for you to come into the presence of God. You need to have a sacrifice. You need to sacrifice it right. Um, And all the stipulations for how you would worship God. And it's very specific. We worship on God's terms. Right? If the ark falls off the horse, we don't reach out and touch it. We worship on God's terms. God sets the terms. Then you get to the Psalms. I'm I'm going really quick. And you you get stuff like this. The whole thing. Sing to the Lord. All the earth. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Right? Do you have breath? And praise the Lord. Alright. Trivia. What's the other word for breath in the Bible? Spirit. Spirit. Good. Spirit. Breath. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. No one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Spirit. Welcome to the New Testament. Jesus, the time has come and now is when the true worshipers will worship God in spirit and in truth. Right? This is the main thing. Then you get to Paul. Romans 12.1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So your bodies are a sacrifice, spiritual worship, your whole life. Then you get to the throne room in heaven, the new heavens and the new earth. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him on the throne, lives for never ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever. They, they take their crowns and they 
cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, O Lord, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and praise. Your life, the life of your family, the life of your church, the life of your county, your country, and the world are at its best, at its peak, at its fullest, when worship is present. It's what we were designed for, to image forth God and to worship God. Worship is what will transform your life. If you want to transform your life, your family, your society, worship. Worship God. There could be no other greater aim for your life than to aim to have a heart and a life that genuinely worships God in his presence, his fullness of joy. And so, I could have picked any topic for fall, and, and here we are because um, I just thought it might be good to really focus. I mean, we can think about our young adult ministry and go, well, there's this thing going on and that thing going on, and maybe we could hit this and that, kind of like what we've been doing. We could do that, or we could, for a season, start with worship and see what it does, right? So this, this will be, um, what is worship, um, and how do we worship? I'm going to try to get really practical at the end, and uh, here we go. So my definition, and I was helped by this, and I tried to put it in my own words. Um, you can probably guess who helped me. Worship is a response of thanksgiving, rejoicing, delighting, a response of all wonder, praise, a response of treasuring and prizing the reality of who God is and what he's done. And that response is made public by verbal praise, obedience, and acts of love. So this is my working definition. I'll, I'll, I'll tweak this in, but the essence I don't think will change. Worship is a response of all these adjectives and more to the reality of who God is, what he's done, and it's made, it's made public by verbal praise, obedience, and acts of, acts of love. Um, so to start, um, I'm going to unpack the first, I'm just going to go through um, what I think are essential components of worship. And the first one is, uh, you've got to, we got to know God truly, all right? We're going to worship. We need to know God truly. Worship can only be worship if you worship God for who he truly is. You, it's not worship if you say something like this. God, I want to thank you for sending the God squirrel to earth for my sins. That's not what God has done. That's not who God is. So God is not worshipped by a statement like that. Or God, thank you that you're sovereign over the state of Minnesota and nowhere else. God is not glorified or worshipped through statements like that because it's not true. It doesn't represent him. The fuel of worship is the revealed realities of who God is, right? We worship God for who he is. And you cannot worship God if you do not know him. And so when you, this is why the Bible is important. When you read the Bible, you, you find a God who is holy, unchanging, eternal, omnipresent, omnipotent, 
wise, true, a God who is love, a God who is just, a God who is merciful, a God who is sovereign, a God who is faithful, a God who is powerful, a God who is the creator, a God who is the redeemer. And in the Bible, God is described as a lion, an eagle, a lamb, a hen, the sun, the morning star, a light, a torch, a fire, a fountain, a rock, a hiding place, a tower, a moth, a shadow, a shield, a temple, etc. He is said to be a bridegroom, a husband, a father, a judge, a king, a man of war, a builder, a maker, a shepherd, a physician. He sees, hears, smells, tests, sits, rises, walks, wipe away, wipes away tears, and so on. The Bible unpacks God to us in extensive detail that doesn't even scratch the surface. He reveals himself most clearly in the person of Jesus Christ who came to earth to take on our sins and die on the cross. The just for the unjust, the righteous for the unrighteous. And, and the windows are opened into the glories and the majesty of God. The psalmist gives reasons for their praise. Give thanks to the Lord. Why? He's good. His steadfast love endures forever. There are, there are reasons that we worship. People who know little about God worship little. You must know God truly, which is what drives our worship. At essence, worship is not the mood of the room, the sound of the instruments, the charisma of the preacher, and so on. At essence, worship is a heart response to the reality of who God is and what God has done. This is why our church spends so much time talking about doctrine and being in the Word, right? This is the reason. The Word of God reveals God to us, especially through Jesus Christ. And it's why the Word is sweeter than honey and more precious than gold that perishes, right? So that's my first point. Um, to worship, we need to know God for who He really is revealed in the word of God. That's the first point. Now, we can't stop there when we talk about worship, right? Because we all know that you can know God and know a lot of things about God and not worship him, right? Like, like Satan, like your unbelieving friend, and like, every, like us every once in a while, right? In fact, I, I think this has been The most frustrating thing of my experience in Christian community is we can know so many right things about God and yet not worship Him. Right? Um, and this is the most frustrating thing about myself, especially in seminary. I mean, I, I study this thing all day. The amount of things you can, you can get and get right and get right doctrine um, and not worship as a response just shows um, that, there's, that there, there could be a gap there. So know God truly, but we can't stop there. And so that's my next point, um, a heart response to God. So worship, so we're getting to the heart now. We can know a lot of things, we can get it right even, and not respond in worship. 
So you can't stop there. Worship is an inner reality first. It is a heart response to all that God is. And not just any response. It's a response that honors him, that treasures him, that glorifies him, that prizes him, that loves him, that loves God as supreme. Um, Any verbal expression to God or any deed, like going to church, that does not stem from a heart love and delight of God, right? A heart response to who he is. Any verbal expression or deed that doesn't stem from that is not worship. So Jesus talks to the Pharisees, you hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honors me with their, with their lips. So their lips are honoring God, right? But their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me. So, lip service is nothing if the heart is far from God, right? So, so I really want to hit this point when we talk about worship. Um, you can sing as many songs as you want or attend as many church services, but worship begins with the heart, a heart that honors God as supreme. Deuteronomy 6, Hear, O Israel, Yahweh, the Lord your God, is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. This is at the the heart, even of the Old Testament, um, heart response. What good are sacrifices if your heart is far from God? It is not worship when you see God and respond with boredom or dullness or indifference or hatred or disgust. Or disregard. Another one. Oh, come. This is Psalm 95. Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For He is our God. We are the people of His pasture, the sheep of His hand. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness. So notice here, you got, you got content. Let us kneel before the Lord, our what? Our what? Maker. maker. Yeah, he's done something, right? We've, he's done something. So let's kneel before the Lord, our maker. He is our God. We are the people of his pasture. Uh, we're the sheep of his hand. So there's, there's concrete reasons here for the response, right? Let us worship and bow down for these reasons. And... If, if you hear his voice, like sheep, don't harden your hearts. See? As in Meribah, don't harden your hearts. So, know God truly, and then worship is a heart response to the realities of who God is. Right? Alright, number three. This, this seeing who God is, the realities of God, and the response usually or should express itself externally, right? So I'm going to go through six ways, and there's more, that I'm just going to go through some basic ones. Number one, worship should express itself, first of all, in prayer, right? In prayer. So my first 
1 Corinthians 1, 4 and 5. Our small group, that's good, 1 Corinthians. Woo! All right. That was motivation. The rest of you get small groups. It's great. I give thanks to my God always for you. Why? Because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ. That in every way you were enriched in him, in all speech, in all knowledge. God gave grace. God enriched you in speech and knowledge. And so Paul's response is, I give thanks to God, right? So worship, when you see God and respond, uh, responds in prayer to God. Telling him, letting him know, thank you, God. Number two, singing. Singing, we just, we just did it. Um, now sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to Yahweh, all the earth. Sing to Yahweh, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is Yahweh, greatly to be praised. So, who should sing? Everybody. All the earth, all the nations, all the peoples. How often should this happen? Day to day, all the time. Right? Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. So worship, seeing, and, as Piper would say, right, savoring. Seeing and savoring, respond in, in singing. singing. We don't just sing for, for no reason. So, singing. Number three, corporate. Worship is always communal. communal. Always communal. Your life demonstrates this. Girls, if, if that guy walks in the room, you know who I'm talking about, you're going to let another girl know about it. If the movie at the theater was good, you're going to call your friend and uh, let him know how good it was and that he needs to watch it. If the book you finished blew your mind, you're going to give it to a friend to read also. If you see beautiful scenery, you're going to take a picture and post it on your Instagram. The things we love and the things we delight in and the things that amaze us, we naturally take those things and want to go public with them. Right? So worship is always um, communal. Um, and as we do community as young adults, I just want to encourage us to make sure that our words and our actions and... Um, in our interactions as we do community, whether it's this or whether it's going on walks or whether it's going to Applebee's, that our, our conversation and our interactions with one another is Christian community, right? You can have community that's not, that's not Christian, um, but I would encourage us, let's strive to have community that's God-centered. Um, and so worship is communal happens as a group. It happens in the church. Uh, Lord's Supper is called Eucharist, which is Thanksgiving, right? And it, it, right in the name of it is a response to what God has done. Um, so worship happens in community. Always in community. And we're going to talk more about it. Four, evangelism. Um, God, is in, um, God is an evangelizing God. He designed the world so that his name and his glory spreads throughout the whole earth through Christians. 
That's how he designed the world. Um, so sharing the gospel is sharing the good news that we can dwell with God through Christ. Right? Um, evangelism is overflow. We have seen God. We love God. God has met us. And when we bump into people in our lives, God should overflow naturally um, and, and worship. So worship will express itself in evangelism naturally. Number five, obedience. This is an important one. Romans 12.1. We just read it. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God... Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So your bodies being presented to God, a sacrifice that's holy and acceptable to God. This is worship. Um, and then Romans 6. Don't present your members, the members of your body, to, to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and present your members to God as instruments for righteousness. Um, it's really hard to worship God when you're in direct defiance of him, right? Worship expresses itself in obedience to, the, to what God has laid out. If God is the creator and the maker of all things, and we're made in his image, and we love that, we delight in it, what we're naturally going to do is obey um, David says, oh, how love I thy law. It's my meditation all the day. Right? That's, that's the attitude of Christians. We worship God. We honor him through our obedience to him. And so worship expresses itself through obedience. Um, finally, acts of love. Um, acts of love, is it could be the same thing as obedience. Because um, all, the, all the law is fulfilled in love, love God and love your neighbor, right? So we, we could combine those, but I wanted to put it as a separate one. Um, two texts from 1 John. Let us love one another, beloved. Love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And then chapter 3. Let us not love just in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. So worship of God who has loved us, shows itself in actions. Not just in word, not just in talk, but in deed and in truth. Deeds of love and in, and in true love. So, acts of, acts of love. So, six things, six expressions of what does it look like to worship. So, you see God for who he really is, right? You can know God truly. And it's a heart response to who God is, love and delight and thanksgiving. And it shows itself through prayer and through singing and through gathering with other Christians and through evangelizing and obedience and acts of love. This is where all of life is worship, right, for, for the Christian. Now, hindrances of worship. I'm going to spend a couple, couple minutes here. What makes worship hard? Why don't we worship more? Number one, the allurement of lesser glories that surpass in our hearts, that surpass and suppress the, the supremacy of God in your heart. This makes it hard to worship. 
seeing something or someone and your heart elevates that thing above God so that it suppresses God in your heart as supreme and makes this other thing supreme. It makes it difficult to worship God. Deuteronomy 4, Beware lest you raise your eyes to heaven and you see the sun and the moon and the stars, all that is heaven, and you be drawn away and bow down to them and serve them. Things that the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples under the whole heaven. Right? Here's another one. Deuteronomy 11. Take care lest your heart be deceived and you turn aside from God and serve other gods and worship them. Then the anger of the Lord will be, will be kindled against you. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. He either will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So a big hindrance to worship is when something in your life gets elevated above the supremacy of God in your heart, so that the supremacy of God is suppressed, and this thing is, is worshipped. So that'll make it, that's a hindrance to worship God. Number two, uh, deprive yourself of God. Hindrance of worship, deprive yourself of God. Don't touch his word. Don't pray to him. Don't think about him. Don't talk about him. Um, deprive yourself of the avenues of finding him, and it will be a hindrance to your worship. Number three, divide, deprive yourself of God's people. If you create a chasm between yourself and other worshipers, um, you will not be encouraged and inclined and stirred up to worship God. So this will be a hindrance. If your life does not involve uh, a significant um, amount of community with other worshipers, your family, your church, I mean, whatever category, if that's lacking completely, um, your worship will struggle. We're designed to be communal worshipers. Stuff yourself with the world. Um, what Piper preached in Hebrews, he said, how do you make yourself not hungry for the feast of Thanksgiving? He said, you eat chocolate cake with candy during the day. And so that was really helpful for me. How do you make yourself not hungry with God? Well, you stuff yourself with the world and starve yourself with Uh, finally, think really highly of yourself. Think really highly of yourself. Hindrance to worship, think really highly of yourself. And I've just been thinking about this passage. Um, the elders cast down their crowns before the throne. It's as if they're saying, not I, but you, O God. Worthy art thou, O Lord and God, to receive the glory and the honor and the power. Um, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Um, don't think too highly of yourself. Um, see God as supreme. See yourself as the child of God. Be humble, and God will exalt you. Um, if your life revolves around you, and you're the center, and you're consumed with yourself, um, it will make worship of God uh, uh, really difficult. So I would just encourage our ministry I would love if we were a humble, a humble group, right? 
could strive for that together, to be humble, um, to know our place, to love having God as the, as the main point of the universe. Um, we'll never sit on God's throne, ever. We'll never sit there. We'll always worship him. Now, I have another slide. Hold on. Okay, here we go. How can I cultivate a heart of worship? Number one, so the, I'm just flipping everything I just said, right? Just flipping them. Look to God. Renew your mind through the scriptures. Search the scriptures and look for the attributes of God and how it unpacks God and how it shows you God. The, the, this is your, your clearest window into, the, into heaven. It's your clearest window. Look to God and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As you look to God, ask for it. Ask him to give you a heart that loves what you're seeing in the word. Surround yourself with worshipers. Surround yourself with worshipers. You want to you become a worshiper, a genuine worshiper? Put yourself in the presence of other people who genuinely worship. Uh, maybe think about fasting. If you're the type of person that you've just filled yourself with so many worldly worldly things. Your schedule is just worldly thing after worldly thing after worldly thing. Think about they're not necessarily bad things but think about taking one of them fasting from it and replacing it with something that helps you to focus your mind on God. Uh, you can also feast. So we are on earth. God has put the earth here and it's meant to be received with thanksgiving and praise to God. So Fast well, and then feast well at the same time. Uh, when you eat, give thanks to God. Right? When you wake, wake up, give thanks to God. Uh, I asked, sometimes I get in the zone when I'm thinking about this. I'm like, I just need to cut out everything earthly. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I get in these moods sometimes. Um, and so I was asking, I was in that mood one day, and I, was, I asked Piper about it. And I said, how do you know what to cut out and not cut out? Like, are we just going to be like monks? Like, we really want to know God. Should we just like cut off? And he goes, well, as you're navigating life, check your pulse with what you're doing. And if, it, if it's helping you worship, if you feel that pulse, um, that, that's how you can kind of gauge. That was his advice to me. I found it helpful. Because you can't really, it's hard to make hard and fast rules. And so that was felt like that was wise. Um, read other worshipers. Read other worshipers. Pick up a Puritan. and read a Puritan, right, Kelsey? <laughs> but, um, yeah, this is similar to surround yourself with worshipers, but read worshipers. There's, there's so much good stuff out there to help you worship. So worship. Seeing in the word the reality of who God is. Um, and in nature that he's revealed to us. Responding from a heart with love and praise and awe and thanksgiving to what we see and verbally expressing it to God, to those around us, to those, um, to the unbelievers, expressing it in obedience and acts of love. Our whole lives are meant and designed to be lives of worship to God, living 
sacrifices, which is your spiritual worship. Um, and there's ways to cultivate that in your heart, and it takes time. And, uh, and uh, part of this group is let's keep exhorting one another to this, to this seeing and savoring of God's beauty and God's glory. That there's nothing that could be a better center for this ministry. So, uh, would love to talk more with anyone. We could do Q and A. Let me let me pray. Father, this only comes through your help and through your guidance. People only worship because your Spirit has come. You've given us the Helper. No one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Spirit. No one can do that. And so we ask you, would you help our, would you help us, help our hearts? Create in us a longing to see more of you, to pant after you, like a deer pants for flowing springs. And guide our ministry into hearts of worship. Use our church, use each other, use our families, use your word, use other books, use nature, and Help us in that direction. Convict our hearts of where we need to repent, of where we've replaced you with other things. Show us what it would look like to, um, to put away those things, to not present our members as instruments to sin. Show us what that looks like and guide us. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Young Adult Ministry at Bethlehem Baptist Church, North Campus in Moundsview, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but do not charge for these copies or alter their content in any way without express written permission from Bethlehem Baptist Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at bethlehem.church/youngadults.